Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Have you ever wondered what makes classical music classical? And who decides? Every Voice with Terrence McKnight is a new podcast from WQXR that uses powerful storytelling and impassioned music to highlight our shared humanity and the beauty of our diversity. Through interviews, historical investigation, and personal storytelling, host Terrence McKnight unearths the hidden voices that have been shaping our musical traditions all along. Many cultures, many voices, one people. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Well, good morning. Hi. 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 One, two, three. Hi. Hi. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, well, welcome back. Welcome Very back to the show. I'm Yasmin. I'm Alicia. Josie. Oh. Is me. It felt like the Miss Universe calls. Yeah. It's you like, know? Yasmin, Lebanon. <laughs> Alicia, Dominican Republic. Yeah. I'm from Palestine and Lebanon. You're whispering that? In case... Uh, you made top three. This is a controversial room. Then I'm Italian. Uh, <laughs> well, no, that's nothing to be um, controversial with being Palestinian. And that's that. Um, Palestine. Go. Exactly. So, so I read something this week. So on the BBC, there was this woman. She was 76 years old. She's from the UK. And she unfortunately has terminal cancer. And instead of um, planning her funeral, she planned a full themed party with all of her friends. And the theme was 1940s, like World War II, <laughs> like planes. Everyone dressed like they were coming back from combat. Um, ah. But she said, I've never been to a good funeral. They're miserable things. So I decided I want to celebrate my life. How incredible is that? I think that's so beautiful. I don't know about the 1940s theme, but like... I'm a little concerned about World War II and why she wants to celebrate World War II. Well, it wasn't exactly World War II, but like these were the photos. Can you describe what we're looking at? So the photos are a bunch of them in like pilot gear in Mm, front of planes. Okay. Like very much like the, you know, the US woman that's like, come to the army. You know that one? Um, That was the theme. Well, you know what? Maybe those were her happy times and good for her for celebrating them. These are the photos... That's Alicia's face. Yes, me. And what are your thoughts on people? I kind of like that because if you know you're gonna die, celebrate, have a party instead of a funeral. What are your thoughts on that? My like gray aunt had fried chicken at her funeral, and it was iconic. And everyone wore the glasses that she wore, were these big like gaudy Uh, glasses in honor of her. Um, I'm pretty sure it was KFC because she loved KFC, and I thought that was iconic. So I support it. I support it. I say it all the time. When I pass, you guys better be twerking and eating like platanos and stuff and celebrating life. Well, good thing that's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, let's switch to the topic. a licensed driver as of <laughs> yesterday morning. And Yasmin forgot her keys in Palo Alto. So Alicia... And I got to <laughs> a really bad car accident this weekend. Yeah, so Alicia had to drive us to work today and we were all scared for our lives. The first of... Uh, be nice. You were great. I just feel like... Usually Josie and I, we we are the parents. And like Alicia, 
Well, Alicia is. I the was m- silent today. I'm, but drive, please. <laughs> you literally okay, drive, well, please. I, you were you I, were in the wrong because you were in the middle of the street. You were in the middle of the street. I was waiting that car was gonna hit me. Maybe the, the red was turning light, right? The Shit light topics. was turning red. So, anyways, we all left our keys at home, or our license are our license are expired. Or I have no front bumper. Yeah, I just or there's clarify, no front bumper. I didn't get my license taken away by a police officer and or under the penalty of a DUI. I got my license uh, not even revoked. It just ran out. Two years ago, so and then and then and then the police officer who stopped you last time was like, "I just genuinely can't stand you, so I'm gonna give you three more months to figure that out." Yeah, well, I went into the DMV and I had to take a test, and um, the woman was so convinced that I was going to fail the written test that she gave me a temporary license for three months. So anyway, my three months have expired, and I have to learn again. Like I'm 16 again, and I have to go in there. It's kind of chic. It's camp to get your license revoked. I don't know about that. I, mean, I still have it. You know why? Because at the airport yesterday, they were like, your license is expired. You can't fly. And then how did you get in? How'd you get into the plane? I had my passport. Okay, Shit. See, I, that's the thing. I have clear. So all I have to do is just show the my eye thing. eyes. The eye thing. Well, you don't have to give your ID. No. no. Clear is one of the biggest blessings from God. Clear is. How does clear do your eyes? This has now become an ad for clear. You literally just stand in front of it and it's the retina thing. And it's you like, don't z- need ID. Z- you don't z- need z- shit. Z- and you Unless just- you are... Well, actually, yeah. that's funny because Unless you're like a person of color because sometimes well, they be I got, extra. I got stopped because yeah. I said I was an Arab, and then it randomly said it just popped out and it said, "Um, random check." You I'll, said you were Arab to the machine, to the lady. I was like being an Arab, blah blah. And Wait, within what, what, how how far into this TSA conversation did you get to saying being an Arab and talking about? The I complexities feel like there's three identity. things that I talk about within myself. It's I'm bisexual. I'm an Arab. I have a fat ass. But you Those just said, th- "Hi, I'm an Arab." No, we were just talking about something because she was talking about like I had the Lebanon flag um, necklace on. I don't have that on right now, but I had the Lebanon flag and she was like, what country is that? And I was like, oh, it's Lebanon, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, no way. Where is that? I was like, oh, it's in the it's in the Middle East, blah, blah. And then it literally came up and it said um, uh, requires authentic identification the button like terrorist terrorist. Literally, she's like not another plane crash. And then after that. I had to give my ID. I had to put my fingerprints in. And then I had to answer a couple questions. Yeah. But it was just weird. But anyways, you look gay and you look bisexual. Can I say that? You can say that. I'm told that once a week. So thank you. I appreciate it. I feel like that's very on theme for today's topic, actually. Because today we are talking about all things queer. One. Queer. queer. We're talking about things queer, and here we go. Clear and queer rhyme. We've been wanting to have this conversation for a while. We have been. And and not only because as time has gone on, every single one of our friends has come out as something. We're like, are we turning everyone some gay? Except for Alicia. Uh, but everyone else has, you know, publicly told the us at dinner table that they are who they are. And um, yeah, we're so proud of them. Yeah, I feel like Believe it or not, it's not a trend. Believe it or not, being queer is not a trend. And I feel like so often with like the don't say gay bills and the anti-trans laws that are happening throughout the country, I feel like you really have to step into your authentication. Uh, Authentication? Huh. Authentic self? Huh. Yeah. It's just, I feel like if you're not going to live and be honest with yourself, then what's the point of living? Yeah. Um, But I I also think that you know, like so many other things that are popular, like blackness, like certain moments in pop culture, I think people have really started 
to commodify queerness. And I think that that makes me really uncomfortable because I feel like that hinders progress, you know, for the yeah. queer community. 100%. So I think it's really important to like have nuanced conversations. Yeah. I also feel like growing up, I never really had or listened to people who I could see myself and talk about queerness mm -hmm. and talk about the nuance of it all and like how you don't need to know all the time. And it's not black and white that people think as what how people think it is. And I wish I had that growing up. So if we can be that for you and that's all we really want. So let's get into it. How'd you know you were queer? Uh, well, well, uh, was it when I was seven years old and I went up to like this 80 year old woman at a restaurant and told her that her brows were overdone and she needed to get them waxed? Amazing. Or was it when I was performing in the ensemble cast of Mulan and I kicked my shoe in the audience yeah. and I was escorted off stage? I also was wearing a skirt. Um, I, the list goes on and on, honestly. I feel also like Glozelle was my role model. And I just feel like that's pretty telling. Yeah. Um, so I've always been a little fruity, if you will. Um, never gay. Period. But yep. I was always because I'm trans. <gasps> so I mean, ever since I was little, I think, like I wasn't I didn't never grow up with queer people. In fact, I think I was homophobic growing up. Whoa. Yeah, because I was like, I didn't want to be associated with being gay because mm. in my town, that was really fucking bad if you were gay. like. And where'd you grow up again? Grew up in Davis, California. Mm -hmm. And also San Francisco. I didn't grow up in San Francisco, but we always had a home there. And we'd go there on the weekends. And that's where I would feel safe. In the Castro is where I was born. My soul. But physically was born in Sacramento, California. With Gavin Newsom. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was like really bad to be gay where I was from. And so I never wanted to come off as gay, even though I was came off as very gay because I would literally sing like um, hairspray songs and I would pretend like the playground was like my stage oh. and I would like slap people and like pretend to be like dramatic and then I'd get detention. Anyway, I'd always be like, I'm breaking up with you. And someone's like, I'm not gay. You fact. And then, um, and then he would like try to hit me. But anyway, so like I always did <laughs> gay shit growing up, but I never wanted to like be seen as gay. So I didn't have any gay friends until I met my first queer friend yes. when I was in fourth grade and I moved to L.A., Jacob Kovayvanov. And little did I know I'd be attracted to this person energetically because they are also queer. And at the time, I think they may have identified as bi or gay, and I think now they, um, they're they not that. And um, anyway, love the kid. And meeting Jacob, I felt like for the first time I had someone that I could just like connect to and mm. not have to like... You didn't feel alone. Yeah, I didn't have to like explain anything to you. And yeah. it was just like... Even though we did, we weren't talking about our, like, oppression and our deep-rooted issues at that age, it was just, like, it felt camaraderie. You yes, know? It felt yes. Community. 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 Exactly. And so I loved that. And then the older that I got and the more that I stepped into myself, the more I felt closer having friendships with queer people and wanted that. Because I realized one of our good friends, Austin Crew, he told me, he was like, literally all your friends are cis straight like women and that's amazing but like you need to have more queer friends and I, it's so true because I think when you're around more people that you can relate to and share experience with you feel less alone like obviously I love all my cis friends and my straight friends like they're iconic but like there is something special about having that so 100%. only recently have I made the effort like yeah. the past three years and now like 
some of my best friends in the entire world are gay people. Yeah. <laughs> I sound like that, a Trump supporter. Uh, the gays. No, do you know I, what I mean? I'm yeah, I there by some, well, some of my best yeah. friends in the entire world are gay people. Yeah, are gay guys. Yeah, yeah. also girls. queer people because I feel like also it does take time for people to step into their queerness. Yeah, like I know for myself, it took me like well first of all thank you for sharing all of that yeah. and like i feel like growing up there's so much pressure to not be yourself and to be like mm. to fit the cookie cutter of what like being straight or cis yeah. or what not is and i feel like that has to do a lot with environment and how did your family take that um my family i i'm so privileged because i've always had the most supportive family and that is something that i struggled with speaking about when i was younger mm. um in the industry because I know how rare that is, and I don't want to discourage the millions of kids who don't have parents that support them and love them in that same way. But I never doubted my parents' acceptance of me, and I think that is probably the greatest privilege of my life. Mm. And just having um, a mom who was, like, just on the ground a warrior for me and a dad who I just have never questioned the way he sees me, and I've never questioned any time I've ever had a conversation with him about me and being trans I don't even remember coming out to my parents I don't even think I did mm. I can't even remember telling my dad dad I'm like I'm trans for the first time he's just always known that and always been accepting and like I'll never forget the first time like he I, I came home and he was like I just like love you I'm proud of you my baby girl and I think I was like 13 years old or something and like that's just how I view my dad and I I'm so grateful for that, but it's also so disheartening because I know so many people, so many of my close friends don't have that same support with their parents. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that it's just disgusting and disheartening. And I was talking to my mom about this the other day. It's like, I view it as a mental illness. Like, um, Gabrielle Union and her husband um, were speaking at the NAACP Image yes, Awards. Yes, I know that whole, for Zaya. Yeah. yeah, and he shouted out Zaya Wade and he said something to the effect of you're not supposed to like prescribe um, your child's story or lead them mm. to where they need to be. You just have to be the facilitator of where they lead you. Yeah. And I thought that was so powerful. That was such a good speech. And I felt like too. my parents share those sentiments, but it's just disgusting and awful that that's just very unheard of. And it's also yeah, very rare specifically within Middle Eastern parents as well. May I add? Yeah. And I feel like your parents are, there's such a joy and that is a privilege, but also like you get to have that and you're allowed to feel that yeah. joy and feel that sure. Yes. It's a privilege majorly, but also like you deserve that. Yeah. And you. I think it gives people hope. Yeah. As well. It does. I think you give people hope on a lot of standpoints, but specifically just the love that your family has for you has inspired yes. me. I think it's made me a different person, the way that you guys love each other and the way that you're able to be honest and present with each other in the way that you are. Um, yeah, and it's one of the reasons I call them parents because of how they support you and you deserve that. And honestly, like they love you. I love that. They'd love you more if you were queer, but they love you. <laughs> we I, I'm working on it. Um, but no, like even yeah, like I I was gonna ask you, because you also have Arab parents. My dad is like barely first generation, like grew up in a um dresser drawer um as a baby. But so like but your dad wasn't born here. Um, your mom was, but how was that having parents that are from so, far away? Yeah, I think it's also, well, first and foremost, 
Like, I'm just calling myself queer. Like, literally. We talked about this the other day. We talked about yeah. this the other day. And I want to get into our conversation about that because, yeah, later in the conversation. But for so long, I refused to call myself queer. When they would call me queer, I'd be like, I'm not queer. I'm bisexual. Yeah. We had a few moments. There was a few moments where I would get physically uncomfortable and be like, can you stop calling me queer? Genuinely. And there was such a long time that, and I'll get into my parents in a second, but there was such a long time where I would say, I am bisexual. I'm sexually attracted to women and other non-gender conforming people, but I'm not romantically. I'm only romantically and sexually attracted to men. And that is it. Obviously, it doesn't have to be cis men, but any type of man. And... Then here I am, fast forward, I'm in a full relationship with another woman. Like, I'm in a, like, it's, it's, I've never felt this love before. And, you know, it's great. You obviously have spoken with us about being in your first relationship with a woman. What has that been like? Mm. What's like new about it? What are you enjoying? You're not just in a relationship. You're not just a queer person, but you're in a queer relationship. Yeah. 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 Which I think is really interesting. And it's my first one. And it's crazy. It's very much, no, being in love with a woman is like being in love with your best friend. It's like, it's like this person's smile literally brightens your day and I'm excited to like wake up in the morning and see her face. And I think Portia de Rossi said this in her autobiography and by no means am I saying that Portia de Rossi is a reliable source, but like you're, all, you're like going through the motions with your best friend. And like, she, she be, she's like my confidant, you know what I mean? Like you're forever young together and joy is always there and it's fun because you're living through this stigma together and it's it's less lonely um especially when you have that partner you know I've never felt so safe intimately with someone and I think obviously it's because it is her but also because in queer relationships I feel like you're more likely to feel understood with your body and it's not like and I feel like we're so conditioned to think that sex ends when the man finishes. Like, that's it. Th that's all I was ever, like, taught or learned growing up. And now it's more of, like, an intimate time of just pleasure rather than the, the feeling of, okay, so who's going to come first? Yeah. So then, like, her and I talked about it. We were on FaceTime, and we were just like, well, let's walk it through together. And I've never had someone, like, take the time and, like, really look at me and be like, how does this feel? What does that feel like? Oh, you don't like that? Okay, great. Noted. What do you like here? And I feel like with a man, I've tried to have these conversations. And I'm not saying that men don't do that because there are a lot of – I believe in not all men. So there are some good men in this world. I will say that. But the majority are quite shite. Um, but it was just such an intimate part that I never knew growing up. But coming out to my parents – and, like, they always knew that I was bi. They always knew that. I mean, like, when I used to, like, rewatch the Britney Spears Break the Ice music video over and over and over again when I was, like, nine years old, like, I think that had to say something. I think that spoke volumes. Baby, break the ice. And it was a cartoon, was too. Was your queer awakening? Yes, it was my queer awakening. So coming out to my parents, like, I remember, like, I was in Paris this year. Um... And I told my on my mom's birthday and my and like my brother and sister have been so like they're just so supportive. And I've grown up with queer people my entire life. I can confidently say like my uncle, my mom's brother, like all my parents, friends were queer. All of their friends are queer growing up. Like I remember like I used to see like gay men kiss all the time when I was like six years old. And I remember I asked my dad like when I was so young, I was like, 
why do the, the two men kiss? And he's like, because they're gay. They Two and two men love each other. That's just as much as your mom and I love each other. And I feel like that's how it should be. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It shouldn't, why are we making this such a big, like, uh, there's this whole thing. And like, I, that's how I wanted to make my coming out. I didn't want to make it a deal. I'm not going to do a coming out post. I'm not going to post on social media about it. I feel like you see me out, you see me out. If you see me out with my girlfriend, you see me out with my girlfriend. If you saw me a couple, like, not 10 months ago with a guy, you saw me out with a guy. Yeah. None of your business who I'm out with. You know what I mean? And so when I told my mom, my dad in Paris, I was like, listen, like, yeah, I have this person in my life. She's great. She makes me really happy. And he's like, are you happy? And I was like, oh, well, I just said I'm happy. And he's like, well, that's all I could ever ask for as a father. But he said, am I scared for you? Yeah, a little. Because the world's a dangerous place. Mm. And I have concerns about how people will treat you. And as a father, I want to protect you. And I understand that as a daughter, especially like being Arab, because in the Middle East, like it is very conservative still. Yeah. But at the same time, like, and this is a privilege to say, I'm going to keep doing me. And in the Middle East, like I want to bring my girlfriend. I want to, I want to go. When parents say that, it really like boils my blood oh, because I'm just like you're so concerned for how people will treat your daughter or your son or your child and that's your fear instead of the fear of your child never being able to live in their own truth and there be happy it is. in the okay. skin that they were born into like that should be your fear your fear should be the fact that your kid doesn't want to be here love on this earth without getting to be who they are Josie. and so instead of like accepting the notion that they may not be accepted in a society that is fucked up as ours for many reasons, not just because of queerness, but racism and classism, literally every, everything, every fucking thing. Yes, yes, yep, yep, yep. Maybe you should just lead with love first. And I think a lot of people don't do that. And I think both can exist at the same time of wanting to make sure that, I mean, that what you said is the most important thing. I Absolutely. think that should be your first thought. I that, that's Completely. my thing. Because I like... I've had to explain it with a lot of family members of mine because um, obviously they're some of my best friends are queer. I have family members who are queer and I'm like, it's about life and death. Like, I don't, I'm not going to explain it to you in any other way because that is how high the stakes are. There are individuals that don't want to be here. And if you are in the home going to be oppressing someone or not loving them simply for being who they are, I will not take part in that. And I will let you know that you are in the wrong every single time. Every single time. And that is the least that I can do. That is the bare minimum. Because we should be respecting each other's lives and truths. Um, but yeah, I, I've had to explain it like that to like a lot of family members and friends. I'm like, it's about life or death. And I have no interest in in codifying you or making somebody else's truth more palatable because you have an issue with it. That's more of a reflection on your poor character 100%. than it does with them. So I'm going to stay over here. Yeah. And you could keep on being a bigot and discriminatory and very problematic. And I'm not going to, like, for politeness or for kindness at a dinner table, not say anything different. And I just, I, I couldn't second, like, what Josie says even more. Like, our biggest concern is how do we love this person? I and how do we so. show up for them? And it's going to look different for each person, right? Of course. Like, y'all's journeys were, thank you for sharing, were distinctly different on the conversations and the moments that you had with your family. Well, I remember, and you guys are going to laugh at this. I remember when I was, I was going to my dyslexia school because a girl's got dyslexia and my, so she, yeah, no way. Did oh, you sorry. Know that? Was that Most you people just, don't. We just added you. Wait, did you not want to say that publicly? I'm no, sorry. I can say that publicly. I don't care. I just don't really talk about it, but I do have dyslexia. Oh my God. I do you not know that you, you're, I don't talk about I it. I didn't know my best friend has <laughs> dyslexia. Hey, but I remember my mom was planning her 
pre her old best friend who is a lesbian's birthday party with her partner. And I and I didn't know this person in my life who raised me was a lesbian. And I said to my mom, is she a lesbian? And my mom said, yeah, she is. And I started sobbing. <laughs> I started sobbing. Yeah, it has to be the moment. I like, have to make it about me somehow. But I was like, why? I literally said, why? Because I was, a, but I think it was my inner misogyny and inner homophobia both playing at the same time because extra, well, yeah, I was like, I, I didn't harm anyone else, but I was in you the just car. cried at the, at the word lesbian. Yeah. And then I, I said to my mom, but that now that. thinking back, cause I was okay with gay men, but I wonder, and I now like, no, this is something no, I've had to work Talk about it. through in therapy. We're like, now I'm like. Why was I so anti-lesbian at this moment? Not anti, but like so shocked and appalled that like, and here I am fully having a girlfriend. You sound like, like Trisha. I just like, you sound like Trisha Paytas. <laughs> do I sound like Trisha Paytas? <laughs> or, or do I sound like that girl on TikTok where it's like, you stupid fucking little tattletale rat. Oh my she's God. actually homophobic. No, she's she transphobic, homophobic, me. everything. She's awful. Why does she have an account? Okay, back on top. Anyway, so I remember I was You're crying homophobic. and I was just, I was I homophobic and I was like, Oh my god! And then, like years later, I was in theater and everyone was gay. And like, I remember my best friend came out to me and I was like, "I'm an ally. I will stand with you. I ally. will never cry when someone tells me they're a lesbian I'm ever sure again." That the big, this is my impression impression <laughs> yeah, of Yasmin hearing that someone's gay okay. in, in middle school theater. Wait, wait, okay. tell her. Tell high school her. theater. High school theater. Uh, okay, tell her. Okay. 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 Wait. This, I'll be Yasmin. Okay. Okay. Two. Uh, Action. Uh, can we get a uh, dress rehearsal in five, guys? Got dress dress rehearsal in five. I was the I was the primary actor, but we go on. Insane. Um. Okay. I, Yasmin. Yeah, yeah, what's going on? I, I'm gay. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. What? Mm. What's wrong? What's wrong? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Mm. Why are you making that? I'm honored that you told me that. Because that I, I am someone that would be told that, wouldn't I? Yeah, as would say And that. I am grateful that I'm I. here <laughs> for I you. I am out of eyes. <laughs> Should we get to rehearsing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll get back to this later. I love you. What was your name? I'm your best friend. Timothy. Tim. Tim. I don't know what Timothy. But Tim. Ron. 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 Love you, Ron. I don't know <clears throat> Ron. Okay, let's but, go. Uh, and guy. scene, incredible acting, may I say? Oh, was that you? Yeah, that that was me. Well, no. You should think about that as no, career. Sure no, I I was just so more much less supportive. I was just like, all right, I'm here for you. Let's do the damn thing. I love you. It was getting better help out. It was giving a better help out. No, I've like always been very supportive and I pride myself in that. First, a little housekeeping. The important work of political and civic engagement doesn't just happen every two years. Vote Save America's No Off Years program is here to help you stay engaged throughout 2023's critical elections, starting with a must-win Supreme Court seat in Wisconsin. Visit votesaveamerica.com right now to donate now to help get out the vote in Wisconsin ahead of the April election and sign up to join our No Off Years campaign to stay in the loop on what's happening and how you can get involved via remote and in-person volunteer opportunities, targeted donations, and more. That's votesaveamerica.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today, for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. So growing up, I know like we grew up in like the height of the media and like social media on the internet. What led you or what led you to feel seen in the media, whether that's TV shows, YouTube videos and whatnot? Well, luck, like luck by lady, like most of my life filled with so much juxtaposition, my biggest inspirations were also my biggest perpetuations Mm. of my own oppression. What do you mean by that? And did we just go to spoken word? Yeah. Yeah, That's why I snapped. Um, Because I love comedy. Like, grew up being obsessed with comedy. I would go to bed every single night. I slept with my parents until I was 14 years old. Is that a problem I should address in therapy? Maybe, but we're not going to do it today. And And I would literally go to bed every night in between my mom and my dad watching Amy and Seth um, on Weekend Update. And just like comedy was so part of my life. So Martin Lawrence was like my biggest inspiration. The Waynes Brothers, like any film that they did, I was obsessed with. So as much as I was learning from things and was loving things like Big Mama's House 1, 2, and motherfucking 3. Period. And also White Chicks. I was also feeling validated by these things and Mrs. Doubtfire 
by Robin Williams because it was the first time I've seen like someone go from boy to girl. At the same time, it was it's some of the most problematic pieces of yeah. media in our culture because it perpetuates the idea that trans women are just men in dresses. Yes. So I, I remember watching this one episode of Sweet Life of Zach and Cody mm -hmm. when the Sprouse twins dressed up as like a girl or whatever. Eye for the play. For It was a fashion show. Fashion show. And I remember I was asked my mom, I was like, can we watch this again? And she was like, girl, why? And it was because I had never seen something like that before in my mm -hmm. life. I mean, how crazy mm -hmm. is that? I had never seen a boy want to be a girl. Yeah. I had never heard of that. I had, hadn't seen Gigi Gorgeous. I hadn't seen any of those people who I'm now grateful to, like, know at least peripherally and love and still admire. But, yes. like... I think that was really interesting growing up because like everything that taught me like how to act and how to be funny also was telling me that I was like ugly and I was just, you know, a man in a women's yeah. outfit or whatever. Yeah. And I think that is it's disheartening, but it also is like inspiring at the same time because I was like, I want to be that person. Mm. And that can like show people that yeah. like who we are is not that. Yeah. And it's like sad, too, because some incredible performances like Eddie Eddie Redman, Eddie Redman in um what, Danish what, girl yep. um so amazing or Jared Jared Leto mm -hmm. and a Dallas Buyers Club yeah. but then these men these you know I think and they are cis men are now winning awards for these roles that yep. are perpetuating yep. Yep. these ideas and it's just furthering the conversation and the stereotype and the myth that these aren't trans women don't exist and that the reality of them don't exist. So mm. as much as those were the things that I watched growing up and was inspired by, yeah. it was also in, invigorated me in a negative way as well. But mm. 100%. that's part of the reason why I'm here. Yeah, and, I've, and going, going after that, what are some things now that make you feel euphoric in your identity are the representations like that you're proud of? Is yeah, the representations today that you feel euphoric and inspired by seeing. Other than yourself, because uh, you're a yes, trailblazer. Yep, yep, has yep, to be said. Yep, I mean, yeah. I look up to so many people like Hunter Schaefer, Laverne mm. Cox, Isis King, MJ uh, Rodriguez, yep. India Moore, yeah. Janet Mock. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, I mean, the list goes on and on. Like, Miss Ava Rain, she just started the first ever trans rom com directed by Billy Porter. I know who yes. you're talking about. Simone is in it. But yeah, look up her name. So, I mean, there are so many people now, which makes me so happy. But I mean, we're still not seeing no. the representation yeah. that we need to be seeing. Or the roles are just trans roles, specifically about their identity and it's yep. about associated with trauma mm. and all of that stuff and not necessarily letting trans people play anybody. Like yep. in my new show coming on on Apple TV very soon. Yay. But I... I'm excited and I'm hopeful. Yeah. And well, sorry, I didn't mean to go on. No, well, no, you can. We and wanted I think you should. I you feel too. like, I feel like, because I wanted to ask you. Yeah, what a representation. We're, we're going to get there in a second. I want to just, uh, like Alicia said, you are a trailblazer. Oh, you are. No, and I think w I can confidently say that. And you should be so proud of the woman that you are today. And like, as your best friends, we are so fucking proud of you. And we love yeah. you. Yeah. And we'll stand by you. Anyone who ever comes for anyone, in specifically in this community, I'll fucking have their neck on a platter. But yeah. Thank you so much. I love you. Head on a lamppost. Head on a lamppost. <laughs> but what about you? What are queer things that you saw growing up that made you be like, I'm queer? Well, like, even today, I feel like I look at, like, TV shows and I see, like, a really hot man and I'm like, 
Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'll see a really hot woman. I'm like, mm-hmm. and once again, two truths can exist at the same time. Um, like by panic, by panic, literally by panic. Well, I realized I came to my by panic in the pandemic, just like every other bitch on TikTok. By pandemic, by pandemic, we should coin that by pandemic. Um, and I remember just being like, why is everyone like doing thirst traps on TikTok, and why am I finding it hot? Um, I want to do so. I do feel like the lesbians came out during the pandemic. The lesbians and the bisexuals and the toxic lesbians. The mass, I was just gonna the say the hey, messiness that's happening. Lesbopia. It's right now. so toxic. And can I just say though, I also feel like um Wizards of Waverly Place was a big one for me. Jennifer ah. No. Um Selena? Selena? No, Bridget Medler when she was the werewolf <gasps> and oh, David wow. Henry. And David Henry at the same time. You know they dated? I think they did it in real life. No way. Whoa, that's Disney tea. Um, but like just growing up, there was that, and like also cheaper by the dozen. Oh my god, no, Twilight. Are you kidding? Taylor Lautner, and then also Rosalind, like the older sister. Like oh. both of them at the same time. I was like, oh my god, these people. And I feel like a lot of times, like I've had people in my family ask me, um, you have to pick, you have to choose. And I know bisexuals, we are the most annoying ones in the community. Let's just say it. We are the most annoying. We are the most. No, we are. We're the most problematic and the most annoying. But there is an erasure aspect to us. And I feel like everyone thinks that you have to pick. You have to pick and choose when like queerness. Or I've heard people be like, oh, he said that he's bi, but But really he's he's probably just gay. Mm. And that's a lot with men, too. They think if a man is bi that he's just gay. Yeah. That's exactly what I just said. Well, biphobia is a real thing. Biphobia is a real like, thing. I'll never forget one of my favorite episodes of Insecure is when um, Issa's mm-hmm. best friend, played by Yvonne Orji, phenomenal episode because literally up until three years ago, I had never seen a black show talk about biphobia, and it exists. I've heard the conversations behind closed doors. I have been disgusted by them because it really starts like full on battles. Um, But essentially in the episode, Issa's like, so you love this guy. You're attracted to this guy, but you have an issue that he's been with men. She's like, yes. Yes. And she's like, yes. So I stopped talking. That's exactly what it is. And fun fact, she loses him because of it. And she's broken up about it because he's like, you didn't like me because of like my past, which is just disgusting. We should just love people for loving people. Um, And even... Even in my own, such a good episode, Insecure, I think it's one of my favorite shows of all time. But even in my own experience, um, I I was involved with someone who was bi and I was very grateful that they shared that truth about themselves with me and um, they hadn't expressed that to other people. And I definitely had someone in my life who I was closer with at the time have an opinion about it. Um, and I was really disappointed in them. And I like had to hold the people in my life accountable because I was like... I just think that we should create a no tolerance space for anything like that, for biphobia, for the erasure of any type of queerness. And I think people like to sweep it under the rug and it's not okay. But I did adore that insecure episode. It was like imprinted on my brain because I think still to this day, it's not really talked about in black shows, especially with men, because that's a whole other conversation that we could get into. That's because when a woman is experiencing queerness or like fluidity or whatever it may be, I think unfortunately just because of people over sexualizing women men or certain communities may have more of an acceptance whereas men are completely like you know well that's that's exactly what i was gonna say specifically in tiktok 
in the queer community, I feel like you can't fucking win, like in the public eye. Because if you're a woman try, uh, uh, exploring your sexuality, you're just dabbling in it, but then you're going to end up with a man when that's actually not the case. With men, you are, if you're bisexual, you have to either be gay or straight. And then also within the queer community. It all has to do with ending up with a man. A hundred percent. The patriarchy. That is it because it's all about them constantly. And also, going back to the patriarchy, within the queer community, specifically with um, women, there's so much toxic masculinity. There's so much toxic masculinity within the the queer internalized misogyny. And it's just even like with the hey mamas and also like there's this whole thing about being the baby gay. Like if you're new, new, newly queer, like you come out and you're like, oh, welcome to the group. Well, there's so much drama. Like also like, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of conversations and environments pander to like white male gays. Like, like they are now dictating the culture and like, at least from my queer black friends, they've said that they haven't felt safe in queer spaces. Oh, literally because of white male gays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. male gays. Yeah, no, no. I, we no, mean we, G-A-Y-S. We were talking about time. that the other day when she was like, what's the difference between saying that... You're queer and then bisexual. You're queer and bisexual. And I was talking about how, um, like, queerness and this idea of queerness has come about in spite of not all white gays, but the concept mm-hmm. of being of so much privilege and having this one part of you that makes you gay versus queerness, which speaks on a larger conversation yes. about intersectionality and how things can be different for everybody depending on the variations of your identity, such as race, class, and ethnicity and such. And saying that you're queer is speaking to a much larger agreed topic and i feel like ensues more layers and yeah there's the idea of this like white gay who doesn't identify with the queer community because they think that they're different or that the queer community is like too quote unquote and i I don't use this word but they use it woke and that they're sort of forcing them out or they don't even want to be a part of it and i think that it's a very interesting conversation to have. And I'm not a gay person. I'm not a gay man. So I might not be the best person to have that conversation. But I think it is very, it's one that is very real. And one that I think many people of color, many gay people of color feel like they've been excluded yeah. or harmed and or hurt by these white people who are gay. Yeah, yeah. by an infrastructure that is obviously individuals within their community but still oppressing them because they don't fit a certain standard or like ideas of ways that things were done in the past which i find is really interesting that like within a community it's this is why we have to emphasize intersectionality you know like it's the most important thing yeah it like any most... minority community like you know um I, w- I was going to say not all skin folk is kin folk, but within like queerness, just because someone is queer doesn't mean that they can speak I- identically to your experience. Like just in today, like y'all's experiences are distinctly different. different. And I'm learning from each one. And I'm always so grateful each time you share your stories because I think that there's power in that. Thank and I you. think that you empower other people and hopefully feel. And obviously very different stories because yeah. I don't think we need to clarify that there is a very distinct difference between your sexuality yeah, and your yeah. gender identity. That, that's yeah. hundred percent. Like for people listening, if you are 
unaware. Your sexuality is who you want to go to bed with and your gender identity is who you go to bed as. Period. There's a very, there it is. There's a very big difference. I did not come up with that. Do not quote me on that. Um, <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah. Well, it was not my quote. But that is the distinction. Don't but get it twisted. I think that no matter who you are or what your background is, we can all relate to the same patterns of oppression and experience, even if we might mm -hmm. not know exactly what we experience. So there's beauty and camaraderie and community. And I'm happy that we're having this conversation. And also, we reached out to some of our best friends who are in the queer community. And we have a few questions for them that we want to ask them. So should we see what they say? Let's see yes. what they say. What was your queer awakening? There's a lot of things that like run through my head, but the one thing that really gets me going is Christian Bale as the fucking Batman. He's so hot. He's so sleek and sexy and hot. My first queer awakening, I would say when I was a kid, was Kim Possible and Shigo, obviously. And um, when I was a little bit older, I think I was 12, it was watching the uh, Marina and the Diamonds How to Be a Heartbreaker music video. My first queer awakening was The Little Rascals. I was about five years old and Alfalfa just, I don't know, did something for me. I, listen, I grew up in Georgia. I grew up in a really conservative space uh, and he just kind of felt like my best friend and now, if we're talking about more grown Austin, middle school, high school, my queer awakening was kick-ass. I love superheroes. I love powers, action. And Aaron Johnson was literally, he still is so cute, but he was so cute to me. And in the movie, he pretends to be gay. And I was pretending to be straight. So we both was playing roles. Okay, I would say in Hannah Montana, the Jesse, Miley, Jake love triangle, I was definitely a Jesse girl. And if you were a Jake girl, I have nothing to say to you. Everyone's gonna say the same fucking shit. Everyone's gonna say she go or whatever, like clearly, obviously. However, mine is Miss Random Girl who broke a candle at the Bath and Body Works in Rancho Cucamonga, Victoria Gardens. She changed my life forever. Jaw dropped, eyes open, heart bursting. Changed my life. What would you say is like the truest queer stereotype? Some accurate queer stereotypes for you. The sibilant S. I feel like queer people just, they do, they got it. They got that S on them. I mean, they S's could scratch glass. The talking inflections, making everything sound like it's a question. I feel like that's an accurate queer stereotype. And y'all be fighting it if you're not doing it. They always got to look. They always know what they're doing aesthetically. They always are a little bit more pretty than the average. If you're talking with your hands a lot, that's a queer stereotype. Pop culture, referencing pop culture, digesting pop culture, especially more specifically the divas and the pop girls. Britney Spears, uh, Beyonce, Gaga, Madonna, um, the list goes on and on. I feel like we have an affinity to pay attention to, uh, process, be inspired by, progress, pop culture in that way. And I feel like that's like an accurate queer stereotype. That all lesbians stay best friends with their ex and then end up dating them again. 
Um, I know for a fact that that's accurate because I did exactly that um, with my current girlfriend. We are still dating. That like everybody knows everybody. And if you want to see if someone is gay or queer, bi, whatever, if you have certain mutuals with them, then you know that they play for the same team as you. Queer people love. They love so hard. They're so creative, so beautiful, so pretty. Horny, very, very horny, um, but very expressive. And I love that about us. Who's a straight celebrity who honestly, truly should be queer? I know we're all thinking it. <laughs> Natasha Leon. Yep. Chris fucking Jenner hits all the marks. Momager, hair, wig, mug. And she needs to be part of this community. Can I get a gay man up in here? Taylor Swift, for the why, listen to the entirety of Evermore and then get back to me if you have any more questions. And Stanley Tucci, his entire film career, like it just, it only makes sense. And I feel like gay people were owed that. Jalen Hurts should be queer because he is so cute and amazing. Aaron Johnson. Aaron Johnson should be queer if he's not queer already. Harry Styles should be queer because he's over here queer baiting. Just kidding. <laughs> Pedro Pascal. I think that he's so cute and he's daddy. The butler and the nanny from The Parent Trap. Chessy and Martin, they were both gay. Come on, Nancy Myers, who are we getting? My mother, truly, hands down, my mother should be queer. Honestly, she had her moment, she had me, so God bless that she's straight for some times. But honestly, at the end of the day, that woman needs to be queer. She needs to find a woman that will love her right. And a man just isn't gonna do it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode and for bearing with us when we're being serious. But um, <laughs> I had so much fun. I love you, Yasmin. I love you, Alicia. I love I you love guys. You. I'm proud of you guys. I love you both so much. I mean, like, we're family. It's just, it's as simple as that. Yeah. And we are proud of all of you guys. And let this be a little push to stepping into your truth a little bit more. Even if you're not gay. Maybe you fucking should be. Okay, so Here's to the queer agenda. I'm here for it. Amazing. Have a good day. See Bye. you on Fox News. Bye. Listen. Listen to me right now. I'm underground. And I can't get out. And the only way for me to get out is if you download, dare we say, on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, or download on YouTube. I can't make this shit up, you guys. I'm tired. If you don't fucking download this, if you don't fucking download and give us five fucking stars, love us, rate us. We love you. See you next week. Dare We Say is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Reston is our showrunner, producer, and mommy. And Ari Schwartz is our producer and show daddy. Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. And Sandy Girard is the almighty executive producer. It's hosted and produced by me, Josie Toda. And me, Yasmin Hamadi. And me, Alicia Pascual-Pena. Our engineer and editor is Jordan Cantor. And Brian Vasquez is our theme music composer. Our video producers are Mac DeGroot, Narm Melkonian, and Dylan Villanueva, and Mia Kelman. Lastly, thank you to Jordan Silver, Gabriella Leverett, Jesse McLean, Caroline Haywood, Shayna Hortzman, Daisy Cruz, Danielle Jensen, and Awa Okaladi for marketing the show and making us look so damn good.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh-oh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.